But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. This week, I am going to be a solo dolo. Um, Obviously, I missed last week. You know, when I started season two, I told you guys I'm not going to be releasing on a specific day. And if I miss a week, I'm going to have to miss a week. Um, And that's just what happened. Last week, my mom came into town and we hit the ground running with wedding planning. I am getting married in four and a half months, guys. And I know that it seems, it's one of those things where it seems so close, but so far in like wedding terms, everything's due like 30 days before as far as payment wise. And then by now I like looked at a guide and it was like, what you should have done by now. And I was like, "Mm, record fucking scratch. Don't have like XYZ, XYZ, XYZ. I am not a floral girl. And what I mean by that is I, do I like flowers? Yes. Um, I like flower prints gowns, beautiful gowns. Um, I like flowers, but one thing that I have always found absolutely ridiculous about weddings is the floral cost. So that, and I, and I, I don't really have like an idea in my mind of what I want for florals. So that was the other thing stumping me up. The other, like the other, other thing is the fact that I know my bridesmaids. They have been my friends for most of my life. I cannot wrap my motherfucking head around paying $150 for a bouquet for those bitches to carry down the aisle and then lose. Look, y'all know I work in the restaurant industry. Where I work now is a very popular spot for people to come after weddings. Do you know how many bridesmaid bouquets we throw in the trash or the boys end up kicking around or like we find them on the ground. Like I always think somebody paid money for this and here I am letting my staff kick it around. I can't do it. So we, um, we got a lot of shit done. We did. It was productive. Um, I got a quote from a florist and I wanted to throw up. And, you know, it's funny because I told my mom from the get go, I said, especially I I know you guys are going to be like, why are you so so concerned about your friends? Because I know them. I know my one friend. I know that we would probably get right down to it when we were about to walk down the aisle and she'd be like, oh, I don't think I have my bouquet. I think I left it somewhere. And I would be like, girl, you're a guest now. You're a guest. But no. We, you know, started making some serious decisions like this is cut, this is this, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then we had my Nana's 80th birthday and I had to go out of town for that. And then just, you know, life, life got in the way. Life kind of did get in the way of me watching reality TV in two ways. One, busy. Two, you guys know when I get overwhelmed and stressed, I just, I shut down. I watch drag race. I watch nothing but drag race content. And that is what I've been doing. Trixie and Katya have been putting me to sleep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I've, I'm pretty up to date on the shows. I didn't watch Jersey this week. Um and I didn't watch some, I watched half of Summer House this week, but you know, I still wanted to get on here and have a 
conversation with you guys. I, you already know, I love talking to y'all over on the Instagram and I've just been thinking about a lot of things. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, both reality TV related and not reality TV related and getting my juices aflowing. So first things first, I do want to address because I did not put out an episode between the, or after the summer house episode um, with Sierra and Maya. So Obviously, we had an episode last week of Summer House where Sierra and Maya, the two Black cast members, um, opened up about their struggles about being Black in the Hamptons. It was a good starter conversation. Now, I know some of you may be like, Giselle, what? I'm, I have been struggling with Summer House in general. And not just from a racial point of view, just in general, because like, I can't do too much more Amanda and Kyle, like take, please take a break. I don't know these people, but I want what I'm seeing two months before their wedding, please take a break. I'm four months from my wedding and I'm not having those issues. So that's wearing on me. Um, the fact that I feel like Bravo is trying to force feed me Paige and Craig, that's wearing on me because I don't like it one bit and I can get into that another day. Or if you want to talk about it, hit me up in the DMS on Instagram. But the reason I say that the conversation between Sierra and Maya, or between Sierra, Maya and the cast mates was a good starter conversation is because of this, look, I have been a Maya, a Sierra, more so a Maya, um, in predominantly white situations so many times, so, so many times. And I tend to veer on the side of Maya that I need to vocalize it. Even when I was younger, um, I may not have been so outwardly and openly, like immediately been like, I'm going to vocalize it, but I, I have to get it off my chest. Um, I do think that a lot of people, not just the housemates, cause I think that they, ha- they listened well. I'll give them that. Um, I think that a lot of people were more receptive to it, whether they realized it or not, because it started off with tears. And let me tell you this. I think I have friends, black friends that they absolutely start to get worked up and cry when, you know, talking about those sensitive situations. I am not in any way, shape or form saying that Sierra and Meyer are wrong for crying. What I'm saying is if you have a black friend or a black person in your life who is trying to have a similar conversation with you, but they're not crying, that doesn't make them wrong. I think this is a starting point of a good conversation that they had. And trust me, I'm not trying to turn Summer House into, you know, a TED talk, a Dr. Phil session. I just think that on a level, it was misleading. Because let's think back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Garcelle held her ground. Um, She said what she had to say until they kept picking at her. Those women kept picking at her, picking at her. You're a bully. You're this. It's incessant. When she's really just doing the same things they are doing, trying to fit in with the group and, you know, things that they have all done. And then when she finally breaks down, she's like, have you guys ever thought, you know, what it feels like me, the only black person? in this group and I'm trying to fit in and I'm doing the same things you guys are doing. And she breaks down and she cries. And then that's when they are so compassionate with her. I've talked about it on here. I know Taria has talked about it. I know a lot of other fellow black 
um, podcasters have talked about it. I am seeing a pattern of people, and I and I don't need to see this on TV. I've experienced it myself. I don't know how many times I have been explaining myself as a black woman, ten toes down, and not cried, and I've not gotten that warm, receptive feeling from white folk. So what I'm saying is, while I think that this conversation was a great start point, I think it was it was good. Um, if you have somebody in your life and you ha- or that is trying to explain, you know, a difference of view because maybe it race, sexuality, anything like that, just because they don't cry does not make their point of view, what they're trying to communicate to you, less valid. I feel like there that's a misconception there. And I could go into it, you know, in so many depths in so many ways, but I that is just one thing I want to stress. Those young ladies spoke their truth. I am proud of them. Um, I have some more questions for Sierra. But again, that is, I'm not, I've told you guys this before. I, I'm working on my lens with Sierra because as a black woman looking at another black woman, I just don't understand some of the things that she does. Like when she said, when Maya came to her, black girl to black girl, she's, she was super receptive. Absolutely loved that. Um, but she says one key thing and she says, I was in a, you know, in this house last year during one of the biggest civil rights movements we'll see in our lifetime. And I'm the only black person. I didn't talk about it with anybody. I, why, why is my question in my, why is my first question? But, and I thought this last year with Sierra and I'm not saying she's wrong. Cause you know, we're often taught, everybody's taught. You take the opportunities presented to you, but especially I feel like black people are like, you take the opportunities presented to you and you don't ask any questions and you just take them and you put up again, it's taken me a long time to work through a lot of those things. And I know Sierra is a bit younger than me last year, last or not last year, summer 2020 with the, you know, killings of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, me personally, that took a lot out of me. Generally, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't really put into words. Well, I can, but we'd be here a bit longer. Uh, All I'll say is those, that took a lot out of me. Summer 2020 and the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, movement uprising in the summer of 2020 took a lot more out of me than previously, I should say. And I know that they started, they did not start filming Summer House in May like they generally do in the summer of 2020 because we weren't cleared for COVID. So that stuff had happened. I'm just wondering at what, why Sierra, I'm just going to, I can't say this any other way. I'm going to be honest. I, me as a black woman in the summer of 2020 at that time, if you would have said, Hey, we want you to be on this show. You are the only black woman with the house cast full of white housemates and you can't leave. The answer would have been no. It might've been my dream. It might've been this, but the answer would have been absolutely no. I don't understand why she went in that house at that time. And I also don't understand how she didn't fucking talk to anybody about it. And I also don't understand how no one said anything. I, and even not, not even like on the show, 
but off of it. And that's what kills me. That's what like really blows my motherfucking mind. Okay. I had a friend that I've, I think I've said this before. She was in Giggly Squad. Like she really liked them, blah, blah. I had, y'all know how I felt about them too. Okay. And how I still feel about them too. And I asked her, you, what, why do you like them so much? And she was like, oh, they're actually doing a lot of things for the Black Lives Matter movements and they're donating and blah, blah. I get that, you know, when people say, put your money where your mouth is, you know, take, take their dollars, blah, blah. I, I need a little bit more than that. You're donating, Paige, you're donating, okay? You're going live, you're doing all of this, but you have a quote unquote close black friend right in proximity to you and you're not fucking asking her questions? You're not like, I know it's a buzzkill. Trust me, it's a buzzkill fucking being black and dealing with this shit and worrying about, you know, our brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers it what how the fuck do you think we feel like i just that's where i'm sorry i think Paige sorbo's a fucking fraud i don't know her personally but like even in the conversation with sierra and maya Paige starts crying when she's talking to them you know she's emotional whatever and you know, listening to her friends be emotional and I ultimately, I think that Paige doesn't know how to navigate those types of conversations, but she won't admit it. And since she doesn't know how to navigate them, she stays away from them until they get put in her face. And then it's just the basic, like, absolutely, of course, um, you know, I'm listening, I'm learning. And it's very cutthroat. But then I would be, I would be shocked, utterly shocked because I don't know her personally. If to hear that she checks in, you know, with her black friends and says, how are you doing X, Y, Z, those types of things. And it's really leaning into being an ally, especially now that her fucking boyfriend is paid or page Craig Conover. So the, that's my thing. And when Paige started crying during the conversation, when she's talking to her friend, friends and listening to them be emotional, she starts crying. And then Sierra immediately starts comforting her. This isn't about her. That, that that was frustrating for me to watch. And it's not a lack of empathy. I, as a black person with white friends, hell, my fiance is white. I have had conversations with them explaining things to where I'm coming from. And I have had friends get emotional, white friends get emotional when I'm telling my story. But they, it's very much so like, they. I, some of them have said, I'm sorry, I'm crying. It's just listening to you. You're so strong. I can't believe you've gone through that. My, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hug you because you're crying because of my experience. If that fucking, why am I comforting you for crying on my behalf? Like, what the fuck? And I'm not saying that Paige should have sucked it up, but I think there, it's very telling that Sierra started, from what I saw, Sierra started to cry. Maya was there for her. Paige was looking like a deer in headlights because that woman is so fucking scared of being canceled. And she has told us that over and over and over. And at this point, I am growing tired of it. With that being said, I asked you guys on Instagram and just for the record, Paige Sorbo is not the only, you know, Bravo celebrity celebrity terrified of being canceled. I feel like I've just been hearing it all the time lately. Like 
I was canceled. You know, I was canceled. You know, I had to go through being canceled. And so it made me think, it prompted me to ask you guys over on Instagram. And I actually got a lot of answers, a lot of good answers. And I open, I want to open up the conversation. I asked you guys, you know, what does being canceled mean to you? There is no, for me, what I said on, I told you guys on Instagram, I don't think that there's a wrong answer because this, you know, cancel culture has snowballed, absolutely snowballed into something that I don't, I, I, I don't even know sometimes what I think of it. And maybe it's because I obviously see life through a, the lens of a black woman. Cause that's what I am. You know, I don't know anything else. And I'm also not a celebrity. I'm regular, regular girl. So I'm not necessarily allotted the same fuck ups. But to me, when I hear these, you know, celebrities and Bravo celebrities complaining, you know, I was canceled for this. I was canceled that. I'm like, were you canceled or did you just do something fucking bad? Like you need to apologize for, you know, I, and I think I said this about like Leah, um, when Roni was on last year, I don't, I didn't care for her on my screen. I thought she, you know, didn't said some things that it was like, didn't align with what she tried to preach. Um, And she often was like very vocal about it. And same thing, I kind of feel the same way about Stassi. I'm sure there are people saying some wild shit to them in their DMs and their comments, um, because unfortunately that's the world we live in now. However, just because you have people who are saying wildly disrespectful things to you and you know, completely out of line. It does. I feel like a lot of times with these celebrities and Bravo celebrities, they, they're like, okay, so it negates anybody saying anything negative about me is automatically on the side of those people saying wild, disrespectful things. And that's not necessarily true. I've heard a lot of them say, okay, you know, be asked, how do you deal with negative comments? And it's like, well, I just, you know, I know that those people at the end of the day, they don't know me. And that's true to a certain extent. They don't know you, but if you made a comment and you made, you know, an insensitive comment at that and it offended people, then you don't get to sit here and say, okay, but you guys don't know me. No, you just say, fuck. I did not mean to say that. Obviously how I see things or, you know, the lens I saw them in, people see them differently. And then you actually do the listening and learning. I, like I said, I just feel like we lie on that skies of, and and, the, and it's just the internet, you know, society now of that's where they get a, that's where they kind of turn it off in their brain. It's like, well, you don't know me. And I get it. You know, I don't, this, I have a very small platform here. If you guys who listen to me and I appreciate you, um, you know, we, some of us talk back and forth on the Instagram and you, you listen to me none of you have messaged me, you know, anything mean. I've had some, I've had some, you know, eh, stuff, but I don't, if I say something on here and one of you messages me and says, Giselle, as a person, you know, that is directly affected by a comment that you made, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. I don't get to say, well, you don't know me. I did my fucking, one of my fucking most hated terms. I didn't mean it like that. How the fuck did you mean it then? Okay. When you mess up, you own it, okay? And 
I get, you know, I get stuck in my head sometimes because I'm a dreamer and I know where I want to be and I'm where I want to take this platform. And sometimes I have these glimpses of points of points of time in my life when I was not the best human being to someone. And if that person comes, you know, down the road, this blows up for me. And that person comes out and says, Giselle did X, Y, Z to me. You know, she was a fucking cunt to me when we worked at Tin Roof together or whatever. I don't get to sit here and say, like, no, I wasn't. All I can say is openly since I, I, and I feel this way. I feel like all I can say is, even though it was, it would might've been years ago, I'm sorry. You know, I, you, you made it public. I will issue a public an apology and then, yeah, it's time to move on. And I hope that I don't make the same mistake one day. And that's where I'm just a little confused with, you know, where people complain about cancel culture. I was, for whatever reason, I found myself listening to, I don't exactly know what this show is called. I just know that it's hosted by the girl who was in the bling ring and she was on that show on E. Nancy Drew, this is Alexis Myers. It's hosted by Alexis Myers. You said I was wearing six inch Louboutins and I was really wearing peep toe three inch <laughs> pumps. I will never get that shit out of my mind. It is hilarious to me, but it's hosted by Alexis Myers. Um, it's like some, I, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you don't just search Alexis Myers podcast, I don't listen to that. Somehow I ended up listening to it and it was her episode with Sophia from call her daddy. Um, I don't list, I was very invested in the caller daddy drama when it happened because I was stuck in an airport and I love a mess. Y'all know. And they were both releasing videos. Ultimately, I felt like that was sad. Um, the dissolution of a friendship. I always feel like that at the end of the day. Um, but you know, Sophia references in it being canceled multiple times. And I was truly confused. I was truly confused because what I, again, I was not in that girl's DMs. I don't see them. I really wasn't looking at her comments or anything. So I don't know. But when she kept referencing being canceled, I was like, I'm confused because I didn't think it was like that. But she talks about it as if like it was this huge cancellation thing. And maybe it was for her. I don't know. That's, you know, again, I'm not her in her position. I don't know what people were saying to her, but when it comes to that type of cancellation, no, that was a squabble between two friends and a, you know, media network that unfortunately they're never going to see the same side on. And so for that part of the cancel culture for me, I'm like, that's not, if you're really canceling somebody like that, like, I will never talk to you again for breaking up. Call her daddy, girl. You need to find something else to do. Go pay a bill. Go pay a motherfucking bill. But on the flip side, when it comes to racism, abuse, you know, predatory behavior, that is not one thing that I can waver on. Bullying. Um, For example, I... I, I like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't like Chrissy Teigen. I really liked her. Um, I still like her. She doesn't really show up on my Instagram that much anymore. I don't know why, whatever. Um, but she obviously clearly went through something, um, with Courtney Sonnen. I've talked, I talked about it on the podcast a while back. You guys know how I 
for the most part, you know how I feel about it. She should have apologized. Um, I think she should have taken a step back. She has since gotten sober and she's, you know, looking at rebuilding. And, you know, I do think I will be honest with you. I think with some of that, it was the time because that those things happened 10 years ago. Um, The way we spoke to each other back then was not okay. How some people spoke to each other. Um, I remember people saying what she said to Courtney Stodden, like in passing in like high school and stuff. And I remember thinking like, I don't think that's funny, you know? So, but nevertheless, um, she should have there. I hope that I hope there is self-reflection there. I don't know Chrissy Teigen, but I opened up, you know, the conversation on the Instagram. I asked some of you guys what cancel culture meant to you when you hear it. Um, you know, a lot of people said it's accountability consequences, accountability culture, um, started as accountability Two two of the ones that I got that I wanted to touch on started as accountability, but now it's just writing people off with no chance of redemption. And then the, another one was Gen Z coming after anyone who doesn't align with their ideals. So I, with those with me, I personally don't see it like that. Um, because again, I think there's two sides of that coin. I think there's a side of a, you know, Sophia from Caller Daddy. And then there's the side of a, all the way on the other side of a Harvey Weinstein. And we have a scale in there and there's all different sides. Harvey Weinstein, never coming back. He's never coming back from that shit. He's a predator. He's a piece of shit. He's disgusting. Um, Same with Army Hammer. And then on that sliding scale, you know, you have some of the other things. I would put Sophia at a one. I would, for me, in my book, I would put Stasi at a strong seven. Um, I, I don't think that Stasi is incapable of learning. And I'm using her as an example. I don't know her. It's just been in my experience and just seeing the people that were going up for her and were you know, trying to knock down Andy's door, NBC Universal Bravo's door to get her back on. I find it hard that to, to think that somebody who got away with this for so long and then all of a sudden got called out and then had this whole hive of people behind them really, truly learned a lesson. I feel like maybe she learned to say it a little bit quiet, more quiet, which is a lot of times with the, with the racism of it all. That's how I feel. I don't necessarily, and that is a pessimistic view for me as a black woman. Sometimes I don't always feel like the lesson has been learned in the, just to be clear, it's not like, okay, I learned the lesson, especially with things like racism and things like that. That is a continuous um, learning process. But I just feel like, okay, I'll say it a little bit more quietly next time. Or I know that I can't say that out loud. But again, I don't know. Um, as far as things that don't align with people's ideals, I can see that. I, I dabble in the TikTok. Okay. 
I have been in the comment sections of some and I'm like, wow, what the fuck is going on? Just because someone doesn't agree with you, if I say, perfect example, if I say the dress was gold and white because it was gold and white, and y'all say, some of y'all say it was blue and black, I'm not going to be like, you're canceled, you're problematic, you're this, you're that, okay? That type of stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, we're getting nitpicky. I don't necessarily agree. Another thing I can, you know, touch on is maybe religion. I'm not a super religious person. But if you come to me and you say, well, I am a devout Christian and, you know, these are my beliefs and blah, blah, blah. And then I turn around and say, well, I'm not an an atheist. Um, But if I say I'm an atheist and you're like, that is so problematic and blah, 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 that now that shit that, yeah, that's gone too far. But I don't think it's just, you know, okay, you don't agree with somebody. And I must say, racism is not, oh, well, I disagree with you. Racism is racism, sweetie. Okay. And we not, if we disagree on racism, then that's a problem. Okay. Um, a lot of answers of holding people accountable. Okay. And that's what it seems like to me. I will say this. When (laughs) I hear a lot of these celebrities be like, I was canceled. You know, I was canceled. It's almost said like, you know, I went, I did the slim fast diet. I did the slim fast diet. It didn't work that well for me. So I tried Atkins. That's sometimes how I hear it said. People are like, you know, I was canceled, right? I got canceled, you know. Yep, happened to me. It's like, no, it really didn't. Okay, you're fine. You lived. You'll be okay. It's just gotten so lax and so maybe overused for, you know, the stupid shit that it's lost its way. And to me, it starts sounding like people saying, you know, they tried to hold me accountable. Can you fucking believe? Can you believe me taking consequences for my own actions? My God. That's just what it sounds like to me when people complain about it. If you have ruffled feathers to the point where people are like, oh, I don't know. I heard the term court of you know, public opinion the other day and, and it just really literally got my brain working because I'm like, it, there is there is a court of public opinion, but at the same time, it's like, for the love of God, if I said something and people were up in arms, I would just, me being me, I would be like, no, hold on. Let me rewind some things and take a step back and listen to that and figure out why, why we so upset. All right. And that's, that's all I can, you know, chalk it up to. And again, it's not, you know, the, whether or not the dress was blue or blue and black or gold and white, but it's just, I think we all are lacking a listening factor because everyone's trying to get their point across and the internet has made it easy for all of us to get on some type of soapbox and feel like we need to be heard. And then somebody's going to reply to you and then it's a, it can be a snowball. So 
that's just where I'm at. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Like I said, I opened it on Instagram and a lot of you answered. So if you want to continue the conversation with me, I do, do absolutely suggest um, DMing me so we can, you know, I love talking about these things. Now I will get into the Bravo in the shows of it all because I, regardless of, you know, my whole cancel culture conversation, I did watch shit this past week. So starting right off, since the last time I talked to y'all two weeks ago, I have binged Love is Blind season two. Okay, so we're gonna run through this as quickly as possible. Who are my top couples? Who are the couples I'm rooting for? In short, absolutely no one. We have no Cameron and Lawrence this season, y'all. Absolutely none. I don't even know if I necessarily have a single person that I'm rooting for, like on their own. Wow, Netflix. Y'all really gathered a group of the most, actually, no, I take that back. I am rooting for Deeps. I am rooting for Deep D on her own and I want her away. I'm not gonna lie. I'm struggling with that. I don't want to say I want her away from Shake. Sometimes I watch it and I'm like, wow, girl, I want you the fuck away from Shake. And then other times I watch it and I'm like, ooh, this is good. They're, they're absolutely growing together. And I, because... I have such an up and down relationship when it comes to shake. First things first, please stop telling everybody except for Deep D that you're not sexually attracted to her because it's it's almost, I don't think that he's intending to embarrass her. I really don't think that that's his intent, but it's it. that's what it is. You, first of all, are mic'd up and have a fucking camera crew following you around, dude. So it's not like you're just talking to your friends. You got a mic pack on and a camera to your left, to your right, to your front, to your back. Okay. Then you are talking to everybody else about this when she's in close proximity. And you're talking to Nick about it, who is going to do anything in his power to not pay attention to what the fuck is going on in his own camp. And he's going to run and tell everybody. I just, I want what's best for them. And I just don't know if I necessarily think think what's best for Deep D and Shake is each other. I think Shake has a lot of things that he needs to, you know, self-reflect on and grow from. Because, you know, from the beginning, he was kind of being that, you know, a douchebag. Um, and saying, you know, oh, I usually judge a girl if we're, our relationship is going to work out if I can lift her up on my shoulders at a music festival. First of all, you're not 21, babes. Stop that. Okay. <laughs> it was just so juvenile to me. And it was so like westernized America, like Pinterest board for me. My fiance can't lift me up on his shoulders. I had a fat ass, okay? And he is not very coordinated. I don't want him picking me up. I don't want anybody picking me up. TBH. Like, Jason Momoa, okay, let me, that's a little far. If Jason Momoa said, can I pick you up? It's a hail to the motherfucking yes. But y'all know what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't like being picked up. And part of it is because I'm not a tiny girl. So I, and the other half is I don't 
like, you know, somebody else being in, it's a whole control thing. If you drop me, that's your fucking ass. Okay. But it's, it was just so juvenile to me. And then, you know, deep deep, she called him out. I think that they do have a good relationship, but at the same time, the things that he says, you know, and even when they first met, like groping her ass the way he did and stuff like that. I'm like, shake. there's, there's just a immaturity factor there for me with him that I'm so confused about. Um, now his mom, his mama got him all the way together. You could tell that she had some things that she wanted to say to him. Cause she told him, she said, I'm on the side of her. I feel like he's brought, cause both of them, both deeps and uh, shake said that they have not ever been with anybody besides a blonde hair, blue eyed white person, which is crazy to me. Um, but you know, it seems like deep D was more open to being with an Indian man, then Shake was open to being with an Indian woman. And that something about the way his mother was talking to him tells me that she has seen that in her son and maybe been, I don't want to say disappointed because I don't, that I feel like that's a heavy word and, you know, that's mother and son. But on a certain level, you know, it kind of, it's just like, ugh. and he compared Deeps to his aunt. Like, first of all, if your aunt looks like Deeps, then your aunt is fucking fine. I'm not promoting incest, but she's fine. Okay. I wouldn't blame you for looking at your aunt if your aunt looked like Deep D. But I just, ugh. and I also feel like it, at some point what his mother was saying was there's a camera crew here, son. And you're saying this about this young lady, not only to me, but in front of these cameras, like, come on now. Um, so if they don't, if they don't get married, I won't be surprised. I want nothing but the best for deep D. Um, I followed her on Instagram and that's, she's the only one. Okay. I don't care about any of those other people on, on the Instagram. I really don't care. Um, (sighs) Natalie and Shane. Shane is one of the most annoying people that I've seen on my TV screen. And that's saying a lot because I've seen a lot of annoying people. Um, I will say he is surprising me. However, his initial reactions in the pods when he accidentally thought he was talking to Shayna and he was really talking to Natalie and he was like, oh, what are you wearing right now? Do you have on that crop top? Uh <laughs> Uh, and Natalie realized like, oh, by the way, that, you know, you're, you're in a kind of serious relationship with another girl. The way he reacted to that was just like, ugh, to me, it gave me the ick because just admit that you were wrong, dude. Now he's right. Yeah. That this is the experience, but you, you're still fucking idiot. You thought that you were talking to the person you didn't even know who you were talking to pretty much. And he was carrying on two different relationships. Now, as far as Shayna goes, hmm, I think Shayna is very aware that how she's coming off, but at the same time, she's not stopping because they're even with Kyle. And when she's talking to Shane, there are multiple times when she like stops and she's like, I don't, I don't want this. And I can, I feel like she wants to say you, you guys are going to, I'm going to be perceived as an asshole. Like, I can feel that from her. When she stops talking, she's like, I'm, she, what she's really trying to say is, fuck, I'm going to be the Jessica of this season. I'm gonna, and it's like, no, girl, actually, you're not because you're worse. She 
absolutely. Now she pulled to Jessica because Jessica was into Barnett and then Barnett chose Amber. And then, you know, Jessica was also talking to Mark for a little bit. And it's like, that's what essentially what she did. Shane chose Natalie. She fell back onto Kyle. But with them, I have, I just have no clue why she accepted that proposal from him, especially after the religion discussion, because that's a huge thing. I will say what irritated me is not her faith whatsoever, but I felt like she just wasn't listening to Kyle, mostly because she wanted Shane, mostly because she wanted Shane, obviously. But secondly, she just didn't want to listen. Okay. Because he said, I grew up Christian. My mom is still extremely religious. And she said, you're not religious. They have the talk, you know, oh, you don't believe in the Bible. I believe in science. That's dumb. Blah, blah, blah. I go back and forth. She, he says, I would have no problem raising our children in the church because it's how I was raised. However, when it came time, I would want them to have the choice to decide in, in what they believe in the same way I was. So he is agreeing with you to you know, raise your children and go to church and things like that. However, once they become adults, he's saying, let's teach them to decide. In newsflash, Shayna, you can take your kids to church, your future children to church, their entire fucking lives. That does not cement or guarantee that they're going to grow up and believe in God and follow the same religion that you do. Like, they're your kids and they're going to grow up to be human beings, not carbon copies of you. You want, it's, it's giving that you want control over them. And it's it was just baffling to me. I have no clue why she wore, was wearing his mama's ring. I, as soon as the producers would have came and told me when they were in Mexico, like, oh, she left. I've been like, did y'all get my mama's ring? Go get it. Shit. And the fact that Kyle kept trying with her was very confusing to me. Um, we met her family. I want to know where they were on January 6th. I'm not taking that back. All right. Um, and then we fast forward to her showing up on the beach to break up Shane and Natalie. Now, she keeps talking Shane, 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 Shane. One of my friends made the comment that I'm very confused because our crop tops, that bit in, you know, Phone, I'm going to say phone sex, but pod verbal sex, that important to you, girl? Because it didn't seem like her and Shane had that deep of talks. It just was a bunch of, what are you wearing? You sound so fucking hot. <laughs> there, there could have been something we didn't see. All right. But let me tell y'all something. When we found out that she called Natalie and was like, hey girl, you know, how's everything? If it doesn't work out, I got something, someone who's would be perfect for you. I would like to see, and I hope when they have this reunion, I hope they ask her, what does the person that you think would be so great, a perfect match for Natalie look like? Because I'm just going to be honest. I really do feel like Shayna is, because she is vehemently, vehemently like, you guys have nothing in common. You really think you have something in common? And I'm just going to say it. It's riddled. It reeks of racism. It reeks. Because, because 
every single other person that when they came together that were in the pods, the men and the women, they're like, oh my God, Natalie and Shane are actually the perfect couple. They comp, they, of course, Natalie and Shane together. They are like, of course they are. It is a surprise to no one except for Shana. She cannot wrap her head around it. And it's giving, she can't wrap her head around the fact that he is with an Asian American woman. And I, again, I don't know. I just want to see what the young man might look like that she thinks Natalie would be so perfect with. Because let's be honest. No, we don't know what anybody, they don't know what anybody looks like in the pods. But if I heard Shane's voice, I would, that is the exact face I would put with him. And I think Shana knew that too. And I think when she saw him, it was even more like eating her the fuck up inside. And for her to just keep telling him, if you guys think that you really have that much in common, then you are delusional. Like the things that she's saying and how strongly she's saying them, it's confusing. Like unless, girl, unless you know something we don't know and I doubt you do because I feel like you would have told us all. It was, it's her, that's gross. Jessica came off, she let her da- her dog have a little bit of wine, okay? And she could not get over a 10 year age gap, but like she never came off like that. I never thought Jessica was a racist. And I do think that Shayna is one. I'm just saying. All right. I could be wrong. We have a reunion if she shows up. I would not be surprised if that woman didn't show up. I wouldn't show up if I were her. Whew, that's bad. That's bad. But moving on. Um, (laughs) Sal Mal... I'm going to group these four together because they're very much so intertwined. Sal, Mallory, Ayana, and Jared. First of all, Jared is a scammer. I scoured the internet trying to find out why Jared's friend stabbed him. And that's a big ass scar. I didn't find nothing. Okay. But, and I was on Reddit. Y'all know if I get on Reddit, I mean business. If you find some, please let a girl know, let a girl know. Um, I think that Mallory cries when Sal sings and plays his ukulele. Is that what that is? Ukulele, the mini guitar. Because she's dying inside of secondhand embarrassment. I don't think it's because she's so moved. Because you know what? I cried too when Sal played that guitar. And it's really just because I was like, wow. I thought Whitney Rose took up most of my secondhand embarrassment. But here he is doing it. And part of me feels bad. Because he's not, he's not bad. He's not a bad singer. But I am, I am not a lady to sing to. You could have a fucking voice like Tyrese you could sing like John Mayer at some of the best singers boys to men but if it's just me and you in a room please don't sing to me please don't fucking do it don't do that don't do that mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm a concert goer I love music there needs to be a lot of other people in the room I don't want to hear you sing to me it, it, it makes me uncomfortable I don't know why there's something wrong with me obviously um also I think that Mallory's I think Sal's a cutie okay I don't think anything's wrong with him her reaction to seeing him I was shocked by because I was like girl what was wrong she was very obviously not attracted to him but you know what she didn't do tell everybody else like shake um as far as Jarrett and Ayana go I you know what I am rooting for Ayana Ayana and Deeps um 
I want Ayana to have a lot of security. And I think that Jared is trying to be that. However, he wants Mallory. And I think Mallory wants him because I think in the real world that if Jared and Mallory saw each other, they would be in a relationship. And I think that it would probably be a toxic relationship. I don't think that they would get married, but they would have dated each other. And they both, you know, like Loki said that. Uh, Mallory said, my type is generally Jared. So as far as I think that both Ayana and Jared will say yes to each other. Um, cause he does seem to be trying to make it work. However, Ayana is a better woman than me because if I looked over at the cookout and you with Mallory that long talking to her about her engagement ring, I'm coming upside your motherfucking head. And I'm not kidding with that. I don't believe in domestic violence whatsoever, but baby, the margarita would have been thrown. Another person that need to go upside another person said is Natalie upside Shayna's. Now, this is where I blame Shane. My fiance, I would expect him to be like, babe, babe, come over here. She talks, she talking that shit. She talking that shit. And I would have fucking dog walked her. I'm sorry, y'all. I would have. I would have dog walked her. Natalie, babes, call me. Call me, girl. Because that shit, not only was Shayna saying some wild shit, she's saying it when I'm right over there. And then she tried to call Natalie a liar while admitting that Natalie actually wasn't a liar and she did say what she said. And then she's like, it was taken out of context. But yeah, I mean, I'll own up to it. I said it. Girl, which one is it? I would have cussed her out from fucking Sunday to Sunday. And she would have tried to leave and I would have followed her. I'm not kidding, y'all. You'll know, y'all know I'm an Aries. Y'all know I'm an Aries. I would have, I, don't, I didn't like that. I did not like that. And finally, Finally, Danielle and Nick. I have never been so confused. I feel like I have emotional whiplash from Danielle because what the fuck? Girl, you left them pods. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And then I turn around and you are like, I watched you. And then I sat in a closet and I cried. And he's like, I was talking to that girl about politics and she was like, I watched you. She, (laughs) when she called Nick a narcissist, I was like, pop meat kettle babes, but not, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, not watching her. And I've kind of felt like this before. Narcissist is one of those words that I want people to retire unless you're a medical professional. Stop Googling symptoms and labeling your ex-boyfriend a narcissist because he treated you wrong. He's an asshole, but we're not about to diagnose him a a narcissist and we have no license. Come on now. But when she called that man a narcissist, I was like, girl, what? You are actually exhibiting some self-centered behavior, I will say. Because I don't want to call her a narcissist. I don't fucking know. I'm a fucking restaurant manager. I'm not diagnosing anybody with shit except for them being too drunk. But... I, I feel like, mm, I want him to say no, but I feel like he might say yes. 
not only that, when they were in their apartments and she was talking about like, I feel like ultimately she's immature because she's talking about like, sometimes I just like have my friends over and dance and like get wild. And we don't plan on breaking things, but like, yeah, the table got broken. Girl, what? My friends come over to my house too, but we know how to act. We not breaking stuff. We not even like, okay, we going to do something to break stuff. Like what? I might dance in my living room, break nothing. What are you doing? Your neighbors must hate you. Ugh. It's a mess. The final um, episode comes out tomorrow and I am so ready and I'm so ready for the reunion. I can't believe we don't have, we don't have the couples that like the Camerons and the Laurens, but I kind of like it. You know, I kind of felt like at first when they announced season two, I was like, oh God, like, what is this going to be? People are going to be trying to be Cameron and Lauren and y'all know I love them. I love them. Okay. But I, I like it. It's giving me something to talk about. It's it's good TV. There's no denying that. So after the next episode comes out, and hopefully they don't break up the reunion, but who knows if they've even filmed it, we will discuss the finale. My friend did send me two other couples that like made it out of the pods, but didn't decide to get engaged, but then you know, kind of broke up, but there's, it seems like they're still together. She sent me their Instagrams. And I was like, oh, happy for them. But I guess since they decided not to get married or engaged um what so have you they and she said it was something with the budget as well to follow them as well that's why they weren't filmed but they look happy okay i'm not gonna lie i like this little experiment i was all up in love is blind one and i'm all up in love is blind too but when on that note let's hop over to some other shows because i have been talking this episode y'all now i do want to hop on over and touch on uh, a few things in josie really quick so I know that I may sound at times like a Marge apologist. I'm not, guys. I'm really not. I, like I said on the podcast with Greg um, two weeks ago, I don't think that Marge pulled, when Marge pulled that out and she exposed Bill's affair, I don't think she did that at the right time and didn't, you know, give what she thought it was supposed to have gave. But at the same time, I just don't, I can't get with Jennifer uh, sometimes, but what, let me tell you, let me tell you something. If I were Jennifer Aiden, if I were in her position and I was over here getting into arguments with my castmates and my husband is across the room, the one who actually did the fucking cheating, relaxing, drinking a fucking beer, having a good old hunky dory time. And I'm over here getting into a fight because you cheated on me. The way I would lay into his ass when we got back in that car, not back at the house because they got all them kids, but the house is big enough to where they could be yelling in the East Wing and, you know, the kids could be in the West Wing. But nevertheless, you don't want to argue around the children. So when we got, as soon as we got in that car, because y'all know I can't hold my tongue, I'm Aries, I would have laid into his fucking ass. What the fuck am I over here getting yelled at because for because you cheated on me? And you want to be over here like, what? What? You better get over here and get in these bitches' faces with me. Maybe not because you're a man, but you know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean, okay? I I can't with Bill Aiden. I'm just like, sir, what? Now, one of my fellow podcasters, I cannot remember who at the time, so I'm so sorry, but one of them made a great point. Look who Bill is being embraced by. Other cheaters, Joe Benigno, Frankie Senia, Tiki Barber, all cheaters. So they're like, yeah, bro, I did it. I did it. But it's just such a disgusting fucking display 
of toxic masculinity. Meanwhile, poor Jen's over here getting into it. Now, let me, let, let's touch on Dolores real quick, okay? Because y'all know that's my girl. I don't, I'm proud of Jackie. Let me say this. I'm proud of Jackie for starting to earn a paycheck. Uh, it's about time. Okay, what are we going on season three now, babes? <laughs> I don't feel like, this is my thing about Jackie right now. You literally, you and Jen don't like each other. But now you're like, I've decided to be a good friend to Jennifer. And your best friend, Marge, your best friend is the one who did something to her. So what the, what are we doing here? When it comes to Dolores, Dolores said, I'm friends with both these. And I believe her. She is friends with both of them. I think that Dolores should have been a little bit more upfront with the fact that she wasn't happy that Jennifer called Frank last year, yada, yada, duty, duty. And she might've been getting around to it. She might've been, but Jennifer, I don't even want to say she threw Jackie under the bus. She fast pitched that bitch under the bus and told Dolores, well, Jackie doesn't think you're being a good friend of me. And oh boy, oh boy, that was the wrong thing to say. My good sister Dolores is a Sagittarius, okay? And Frank told us she's a fighter. She's a fighter everyone's like, Dolores shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said this. I don't think Dolores called, and this is just how I see it as a fellow fire sign and who has been Dolores in that situation. When she's, let me tell you where the argument should have stopped in real life. Not now. I'm glad it didn't stop here because it was great reality TV. But in real life, that argument should have stopped when Dolores looked at Jennifer and said, am I or am I not a good friend to you? And you know, Jennifer said, I could use more. And Dolores said, I'll work on it. That's when it should have fucking stopped. Okay. But Dolores said, I'll work on it, but I don't need to hit because Dolores is a Sagittarius. Keep this in mind. They don't know how to, they don't know how to stop. Okay. And I'm an Aries. I'm look Sagittarius. I'm not bashing y'all. I'm your fire sign, big sis. Y'all don't know when to stop. (laughs) Dolores said, Okay, I'll work on it, but I don't need to hear from this. I don't think that she was calling Jackie as a person this. I'm just like, you know, when you say, I don't need to hear from the peanut gallery, that's what she was saying. I don't need to hear from this entity that I don't need all of this. You just tell me as my friend, be upfront and say, I could use, I, you need to be a better friend to me, period. Jackie, again, can't blame you, babes. I'm glad you decided to show up to work in the third season, but you're a little ahead of yourself because Patterson Dolores started to come out. And when that voice got real low, when the voice got real low, I got real scared because people often misunderstand. They're like, okay, like what? Oh, what are you going to do? Like you're just because someone is not loud and rah-rah, it's not always the loudest person that busts the hardest, okay? When people's voices get low, and that was a serious question she asked her. She stepped forward real strategically and said, what are you going to do about it? Because she know Jackie ain't really finna do shit, all right? Now, Dolores, I say this all the time, boo, and I know Dolores is OG, okay? I'm not getting into a fight with Jackie. I'm not going to step to Jackie and ask her what she's going to do about it because the answer is going to be nothing. Jackie has had like five beers at this point and Jackie doesn't seem like she's a fighter. 
all right? I'm not going to get in Peppa Pig's face because Peppa Pig's not going to want to knock. But that is Dolores's reaction. She's a fighter. She's a Sagittarius. They don't know when to stop. But, you know, besides that, this whole thing, I, I understand where Jen is coming from. You know, Bill does have a reputation to protect. She never told anybody. I guess where I'm at in this point of it, and they, and they have the children. Where I'm at with this point in it, and I know that it's a cultural thing, and, you know, it's a, it's a cultural thing, and it's, they're married, all right? You, she has decided to stay with this man. That is her partner. That is her husband. She doesn't want him embarrassed, and this information has never been out. And she's protecting him, and it's a big deal. I, I get that. But again, I know that the cheating was done to Jennifer, but... I think that Jennifer knew that Marge had this information for a long time. That's why I just don't know. I'm not saying that Jen can't ever say anything against Marge because to be scared of her, Jen did a lot. She did a lot. I'm not saying that makes Marge right, but she did a lot. Okay. And that's all I can say. So I don't know. I, me personally, if I knew that, that we had that secret and I didn't want it out, I am... I don't think I could ever actually do reality TV because I know that there, you know, anything in your past is it's subject to come up. Now I haven't done anything super dark. Like it, it is what it is. I, pretty much anything that in my past, I would be pretty open to talking about it. Um, but nevertheless, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Bill's not taking enough heat for me. That's what I'll say. Okay. Um, on the topic of Teresa and Louie, I have been the first couple episodes. I was on a little bit of a ride with Louie because the, when he sat down with the Judiches and the Gorgas, I said, wow, this man's making a lot of sense. What's going on here? What is going on here? Okay. But for Teresa to sit here and say like, I don't understand. Like girl, what don't you understand? And, but I get, and this is where I get torn. Because I get what Teresa's saying. She's like, I'm going to take him for how he's treating me. And what I know of him and what I know of him is this great, amazing guy. Okay. What's worrisome. And I, and I can see that just if I didn't know anything about Louie, um, you know, didn't see the video, anything like that. I could absolutely see that. And I would be like, yeah, absolutely. He's, he comes off as great. Um, so did Dirty John. And that's what he's been compared to. If I didn't see any of the articles and I didn't see that, you know, video and stuff, I would too be like, I'm happy for Teresa. Stop trying to pop her love bubble. And I think Marge came out today or this week. I don't know if it was today. I'm losing track of time, child. And she even said, the reason I was concerned is because, and she circled the art in the article where it said, you know, it's uh the retreat is for men who feel like they need to let out their frustration somewhere so they don't beat their girlfriends and wives. What? My fiance doesn't need to go get like you it's not that's not okay, is what we're saying. And I agree with Marge on that. That's fucking concerning. You need to go somewhere to let your frustration and anger out so you don't come home and beat me. That's concerning. And we can't keep turning a cheek to that. 
So, oh God, what a mess. I love Jersey. I love it. Now, skipping from Jersey all the way back on the other side of the country, we haven't talked about euphoria since that episode. And y'all know what episode I'm talking about. Get Zendaya a motherfucking Emmy. Get her all of the things. Get Labyrinth a gr- Grammy. Get 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 all of the things. Okay, that the ep the, not the past episode, not the one with the play that we just watched, which also great episode. Maud Apatow, ten out of ten, baby, you're doing great. Okay, but the one before that, when we see Rue at her lowest, oh it. I mean, oh God, I am not a crier, especially not at TV shows and things like that. I teared up and I cried multiple times during that episode. It is so raw. Zendaya does such a good job, you know, depicting rock bottom. She looks amazing. Like, well, she doesn't look amazing because she's playing a drug addict, but she, she looks, she's just, she's embodying that character. And not only that character, but I think the teenage angst that goes along with it, because I think one thing that's important to remember is that Rue is still a teenager, even though she's going through a very mature um, issue. She is very much so a teenager. And it is, oh God, it's so good. Her mom... Leslie, whew. I, and I feel like for me, I'm, I'm, I'll be 30 next month. I feel like I'm in between those two. I don't have any kids, but I, and I'm, I get it. Cause the, I was a very angsty teenager. Like, Oh God. Sometimes I think back on it. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck my mom dealt with me. I was a big ball of angst and anxiety thinking, God knows what. I did not do drugs in high school. Um, I, I smoked a little bit of weed and I drank, but I didn't do any drugs. And I'm not an addict, obviously. But I just think that the way that they showed everything from beginning to end was so, so genius. Um, touching on that scene when everything came to head. And we asked Cassie how long she had been fucking Nate Jacobs. Cassie, I was never feeling bad for her. Not even when she threw up on everybody in the hot tub. But my God, girl, what? You at the, didn't we just watch you scream at Nate and tell him how much crazier you were than Maddie? All to start tearing up when she click clacked her nails at you, girl gonna sit down as far as it comes when it comes to my girl maddie first of all i need her to stop using the r word i have no clue why they keep putting that in there she said it twice now and it really bothers me besides that maddie babes cat ain't your friend either because let me tell you something first and foremost cat should have kicked that motherfucking door down and beat cassie's ass and then Kat, why are you saying I never liked her in the first place? Cause she seems like a girl that would fuck your boyfriend. Why didn't you say that then? So you, so you mean to tell me you thought she would fuck my boyfriend and you let her hang around and you hung out with her too? What the fuck? Speaking of Kat, I do not like how she tried to do my boo Ethan. And you know, everyone's saying that there is some issues between um, Barbie, that's Kat's real name and Sam Levinson. 
I, I don't know. I can't read too much into those articles. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, but I want Kat to love herself. And I don't think that Ethan was a good, he was a good boyfriend to her, but was he a good fit? Not necessarily. I kind of was, I feel like she dated Ethan just because she wanted to, you know, say that she had a boyfriend and I did that in high school and it, it never works out. It doesn't fix you know, the self-esteem issues, it just masks them. And then you end up projecting them. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've probably seen the last of Elliot and I know, I know it's not popular, but I didn't mind him as a character. Obviously he did some shady shit, duh. But like if he comes back, I won't mind. Um, and then guys, guys, listen, Sam, Sammy, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if by chance you are, listen, if something, if something happens, something permanently bad happens to my Fezzi in my ashtray, sir, sir, it's not necessary. Okay. It's not fucking necessary. Faith, stand up. I'm so nervous. I often let the internet watch Euphoria first, mostly because I'm at work. And then I'll read spoilers because it does make me a nervous wreck, but I love the show so much. When I tell y'all, I'm about to let y'all watch this final episode of Euphoria first and tell me what happens because I just possibly cannot watch it. If Fez and Ashtray are okay, I am writing Sam Levison a personal letter. We need to stop ending these seasons with possible bad things, cliffhangers happening to Fez and Ashtray. I can't take it anymore. After the end of last season, I thought Fez was dead. He already done missed half the play. What? Why? Leave it on a cliffhanger of Jules or something. Actually, no, I don't want nothing bad to happen to Jules. She be scaring me. Leave it on a cliffhanger of Nate. I can't fucking stand his ass. I can't stand his ass. Leave it on a cliffhanger of him. Hello? Ugh, I'm not ready, guys. I'm so fucking nervous. I am absolutely so nervous. Ugh, but enough about euphoria i'm like getting i'm feel worked up thinking about what's going to happen to these kids on sunday i will lightly touch on salt lake city in drag race and then we will be wrapping it up with a little bit of so that happened all i really have to say about salt lake city is okay y'all know how i felt at the beginning of the season i was like really 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 then we were waiting for jen to get arrested jen to get her jen got arrested and then shit popped off not surrounding Jen getting arrested and all of these women just proved to us that they aren't really friends um and that they are dedicated to making a tv show whether it makes sense or be good or not I'm not saying that I'm jumping off of the um Salt Lake City train however I'm not going to be so pumped for the new season now I am interested to see what's going to happen um, on Jen's trial, obviously, because I'm human and I've viewed the show, but I just, I just shook my head a lot at the finale. I mean, it was kind of lackluster. Jenny's trying to say that she didn't throw that glass at Mary, but we like literally saw her with her eyeballs. Girl, just be quiet. You're already fired. You're not getting your job back. Just go, 
go gone. Boo, tomato, tomato. Okay. Um, and then Drag Race. So uh, last time we talked about Drag Race, Cornbread had gone home. Um, my top three is shifting. First things first. Diabetes, baby. Calm, just relax. Just relax. Okay. There's nothing wrong with being safe. We notice you. Um, she still didn't win, but she did finally, you know, get her critiques and everything. I do think that the last episode, the acting challenge of the um, soap opera, I cannot remember the name off the top of my head right now, child is late. That was one of the best episodes of Drag Race that we've seen in a while. They all did so fucking good. Like, so good. I've watched the episode twice now. Um, Who are my top three now? Because they really are shifting. You know, obviously, at the beginning of the season, I was like, I mean, I'm still diehard cornbread. If she comes back next in season 15, it's going to be cornbread, Stan, uh, like, cornbread gang all over again. Um, uh, let's see. Number one is Willow. Definitely Willow. Number two, I will say is Lady Camden. Nope, nope. Okay. Willow Angeria. Because I do love Angeria and I can see her winning. And then Lady Camden. And then Bosco is followed by a close fourth. And I will say this. I'm eating words. If we have talked about Drag Race in the DMs, I'm eating my words. A couple of you told me that Bosco was in your top three or in your top. And I was like, what? No, no. I see it now. I see it now. She is fucking gorgeous, first and foremost. And she's hilarious. I don't like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I wasn't paying attention before, but Bosco has definitely creeped up there for me. Absolutely. Um, also recently Bosco came out as a trans woman as well as Jasmine Kennedy. And so that makes four trans women on Drag Race right now. And we've never had that at one time. So they're all on the same cast and, or no five. Cause oh my God, Carrie Colby. I love Carrie Colby. Do I think she's going to win? Probably not. But I love Carrie Colby. Like, I think she's funny. I follow her on Instagram. Um, And wait a minute. Can I not count? Carrie, Cornbread, Bosco, Jasmine Kennedy. Four. Why did I say five? I don't fucking know. Four. Y'all know what I mean. Anyways. um, Yeah, I, I actually love this cast. I really do. Daya. I, I feel the competition getting to her. I'll just say that about Diabetti. I can feel the competition getting her. But I love this cast. I cannot remember the last time I loved this many contestants on Drag Race at one time. Um, But yeah, so I'm interested to see where this season goes. At this point, it is like, I I really do feel in my bones that Willow's going to win. I really do. But... I just don't, she's such a creative queen. I love to see everything that she comes up with. She's so campy and I love an underdog because when Willow walked in the workroom, we were all collectively like, what the fuck? The flip flops, like what the hell? But no, that her, um, runway last week. What? Like, how did you even 
think of that. I am gagged and gooped. Oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I can see all like I seriously I can see so many of them winning and I would not be upset about it. Well, if Daya won, I would kind of be, I would be drawing a question mark, but I wouldn't be upset. But nevertheless, love drag race. Oh, let's get into a, so that happened. We had a submission. I'm a little backed up on them because I forgot to do it last week. And on this week's, so that happened, a follower says, my man who doesn't know he's my man got into a relationship with somebody else. I hate, I used to hate when that happened. Like, hello, you my man, but you don't know you my man, but you my man. <laughs> like, it's pretty much how I felt when Michael B. Jordan got into a relationship with Lori Harvey, even though I'm in a relationship, like that hurt because you my man. How dare you? Uh, nevertheless, y'all do not forget. I will put a question box up on the Instagram page. Y'all just drop your, so that happened. It can be anything in your life that you're just like, what the fuck? So share the mess as usual. It's always going to stay anonymous, but we like to have a laugh. That is going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. I love talking to y'all. I feel like, you know, it's really weird because I will be like, oh, this was such a great conversation. But essentially, I've only talked to myself. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram. Slide in my DMs. Let's have a conversation, a respectful one. At Who Asked Me Podcast, y'all know the drill. I'll talk to y'all next episode.